Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief for recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. My name is Jack McLean. I am the host, and in today's episode, I interview Michael Riscatelli. Michael is a former AFL player who played 111 games with the Brisbane Lions and 132 games with the Gold Coast Suns. He grew up in Melbourne and played for the Western Jets before beginning his AFL career. He was the Lions' fifth and eventual final pick in the 2003 AFL draft and was the number 61 draft pick overall. He is also a level two AFL coach and co-founder of a business called Player Path. Highlights from this episode, we discussed the importance of loving the game and getting in the reps. Michael discussed the best players such as Simon Black, Michael Voss, and how hard they work to create their luck. Michael draft story and his experience moving away from Melbourne to Brisbane. And practical tips for developing footballers were dropped all the way through the podcast. Before we start this episode, for those wanting to improve your 2K time trial and gain a competitive edge this preseason, Hire a Prepare Like a Pro coach and join our individualized coaching package. This is our premium offer. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if your expectations weren't met, we have no risk on this program. Head to preparelikeapro.com and join our email list to receive a free masterclass. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for jumping on, mate. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this chat. We'll, we'll dive straight in, mate, into the beginning of your, your career, your junior days. Um, yep. Where did where'd you play your junior footy and, and what age did you, did you start playing? Yeah, so I started my junior footy um, uh, obviously in, in Melbourne. So born in Melbourne, played for Keelor, um, right through juniors under 10s to you know, 14, 16s. Um, slowly made my way through the TAC Cup competition, um, as mentioned with the Jets. And um, probably the age of, I would say, probably say around 14 where I, you know, I started getting some, um, some notice um, yep. with certain clubs and, um, and just uh, probably that time thinking, well, I knew I was good at footy, but um, there's another level that you have to go to. Like, you know, most things that you want to achieve and that my dream was to play AFL footy. Always knew that I was pretty good, you know, having kicks um, against your mates in, in school. and all that type of stuff, but um, I think, you know, once I got to, you know, 14, 15 and, you know, started playing in the TSC Cup, you're thinking, well, uh, there's a reason why uh, that you, that I'm playing here and um, who knows, you know, it's probably my the stepping stone. And if I really knuckle down and give it a good crack, well, then, um, you know, anything's possible. And um, I had actually my, my dad at the time thought it would be a good opportunity, you know, to go and see a dietitian. Oh, yeah. um, just to try and get that little bit of extra help with, yeah. um, you know, with food and, yeah, and, and what to look out for because I wasn't, you know, the, the biggest uh, 14, 15, 16-year-old. I was pretty skinny. So any, um, anything that, that could help me develop, um, that was probably a, a, and also another touch to it that helped me get to where um, I wanted to get to. We'll touch on a couple of things that you, you discussed there. You, you drive at, at a pretty early age. You wanted to play at the highest level. Um, part of that, by the sounds, is because you had talent and you were good at it, so you wanted to, to test yourself. But, um, like, if we dive a little bit deeper, was it um, family that also yeah. was it? 
um, being in Melbourne, like obviously it's it's everything in Melbourne. Like, it, yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, it's well, that's. I said my my dad was uh, he, he was pretty good at footy. He played for Mini Valley in the EDFL yep. league. Yeah. Um, whether I got a little bit of his skill and uh, his drive, I don't know, but um, it was something that I just fell in love with, and um, it made me happy. Um, there was no other sport really that I liked that I really enjoyed besides footy. Really, even in yep. summer when the cricket season was on, I wasn't you know hitting the cricket balls or whatnot. I was you know kicking the footy. Um, yep. So I'd come home from school and. I had these two big trees at the front and I'd just go out and kick the ball pretending to be on the G, you know, um, yeah. kicking goals. And, and even on Saturday afternoons, I'd kick the footy with the radio one at the front with my brother and we just, you know, listen to the footy. So it's probably a little bit got to do with Melbourne and just being, you know, where it's all at. Um, yeah, for sure. And a mixture of being natural, a mixture of being happy with it. Um, it was fun. It was competitive. Um you know, watching the footy on the weekends. Um, I don't know. It was just and all that. You know, I wanted to be a part of that. You see these guys play footy um, and just being able to, you know, test yourself and see whether or not, well, there's an opportunity if you really knuckle down. And you need to have a little bit, obviously, some, some discipline when you're early too. Yeah. And so my parents were pretty good in that space, especially dad with, um, you know, telling me what to look out for and, uh, you know, not staying out too late. Um, with parties and stuff because you get to that to that age where you can either go a few different ways and um, yeah, absolutely. I, I had my fun, don't worry, but it was more about, you know, if I wanted to, you know, try and give it the best shot, well, there were certain things that I wanted to do to make that happen and um, you need a little bit of luck, you know, with getting picked up but a lot of the time it's you, you make your own luck and I feel like any chance that I got to put all um, – you know, a lot of the efforts on the weekends, you know, going for runs or we had like a group running session with, you know, my local footy club and there'd only be a certain amount of boys that would go. Um, yep. And half the time I didn't want to go. Saturday morning, get 14, 15. But, um, yeah, I suppose that's what makes you get to where you, where you get to because of all the um, time you put in, um, all the extra stuff that you do um, and you actually, you know, you're building credit, I suppose, in the bank. Um, yep. So and that was... Fun love for it as well you said you well the love for it yeah because it's you know it's when things get hard and tough when you've got something that you enjoy yeah um you can sort of keep going a little bit more so than if you don't really enjoy something um yeah. you know purely sport wise but um yeah i've i've i loved playing football i looked forward to the weekends i um i don't know it was just something that i always i knew i was good at um but the one thing that i i didn't know was if i was going to make it or not mm. um so that was always in the back of my mind, um, you know, as far as just wanting to play, play well all the time. Um, but the one thing was, well, I'm not sure if I'm even going to make it. The year that I got drafted, um, I only played about eight games, I think, for the Jets at the time. So I didn't really think I was going to anywhere chance to even get looked at. Um, I think I must have had a couple of really good games, um, but I was going to, have uh, a real good crack the follow the the next year only because I had some groin troubles so I missed a few games a year but I was actually at a school was at a school social the night before the draft so um, yep. uh, I was actually I didn't didn't watch any of this the, the TV didn't watch any of the draft I was actually still I was actually still in bed yeah um, when my name got called out and um, so dad just he just came into the room. I can remember like it was yesterday. It was it was just a really weird time. He said, You've been drafted, you've been drafted. I was like, 
I didn't believe him at first. Yeah, it was, you know, I'm 17. Thinking, get, what, what, what are you doing? Um, don't be talking like that. Don't yeah. get my hopes up. Um, but yeah, sure enough, I, I got out of bed and my, my name was on the, uh, on, the, on the TV screen with the, with the last pick. So as you can imagine, the phone started, um, started going off and it was, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting and weird time. Um, it was really yeah. surreal, um, not, didn't really know what to think, um, never been in a position like this before. Neither, you know, parents and, and brother, and so it was. Um, it was really exciting because it's something that you dream of, and uh, yeah. the opportunity that reality. you, yeah, reality sinks in. Well, so I had about two weeks to get, you know, prepared and say goodbyes, and um, made the trip up north. So it was, um, yeah, it was. It was when I look back on it now, it was, uh, yeah, it was an amazing trip. Um, and one from that, uh, you know, I'm really thankful that that it, you know, I had the opportunity to. Yeah, thanks for sharing, mate. That's uh, that's such an interesting experience for a 17 year old to go through, and um, a quite a unique story because most draft stories people are watching with you know family. Yes. Group, yep. Correct. Yeah. See it all, and you're yeah. asleep. Oh, did, did your dad? Was your dad? What was he? What would he watch the draft sort of every year, or was he just watching, thinking there's a half a chance, obviously, and. Yeah, yeah. I don't, we weren't like religious at watching it. From my memory, I wasn't, you know, waiting for the day. You know, I love my footy. Don't forget, like where I was an Essendon supporter. The whole family was an Essendon supporter. Yep. So you know, we uh, we love that footy. But as far as you know, the draft and no, not 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 really. Um, but for whatever reasons, yeah, it just happened to be you know last pick, and um, it was uh, yeah. Did you spoke to you leading up to the draft? No, nah, nothing. That was a thing. No. Didn't yeah. hear from anyone. Um, I didn't even do the draft camp. I just I didn't do. Yeah. What was what was that? Just for any draft picks that might be cheap, uh, draft potential. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't get any um, like verbal um, acknowledgement or anything like that. But it was um, there was some interest, you know, just with people saying, you know, try and do well. Um, there's always someone looking out, you know, with different clubs. You never know. But as far as getting the phone call saying, listen, we're looking at you, none. And I didn't even do draft camp. Um, I only went to the, the combine. So I suppose the, you know, if you wanted to have a message for the viewers or people that are listening is, um, you know, I always wanted to be an AFL player. That was my goal. That was my dream. But um, I did get cut in under 15s, Vic, as well. Yeah. Um, so as, as much as, you know, it was a, a good ride, but it wasn't smooth. And I feel like... Yeah. A lot of the time to get there, it's not as smooth as you know as you hopeful. Um, so yeah, there was definitely little speed bumps along the journey. Um, you groin, groin injuries throughout that year. So groin injuries yeah. and you know not making Vic and getting cut. So yeah. there was you know, but it wasn't you know it didn't really deter me too much. It was it is what it is, and you sort of just get on with it. Um, and I was just hopeful that that following year that I was going to try you know really have a good year, but. You know, that's that come of the year early. So, um, but it just goes to show that you can, you know, if you miss these little things that there's always, you know, the next, the next day, the next week, you know, next month, the next time, the next one. Um, you just never know. Um, cause I wasn't always, you know, it was one of those things where I was hoping to go to the draft camp or hoping to go to the combine. It was nothing like that. It was, if it's there, I'll, I'll go. Um, I suppose if that's what, you know, if there's interest there. Yeah, definitely. If it's going to get me to the next stage, absolutely. But, um, I was never wanting to get to draft, or I was just hoping to get picked up, and that was yeah. it. So, so it influence your actions. You still played footy the next day and trained. And 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's probably a life lesson in itself, isn't it? With you know getting knocked knocked down, and for whatever reason, you sort of got to dust yourself off and and keep going because um, the world waits for no one, and yep. you just got to you know keep going. But yep. um, so it's a it's a bit of an interesting story. Um, one that I I don't tell yeah you know, that often, but when it does come up, it's always good to tell yeah, your little yeah. yeah tell your little story and how it all um started. Yeah. And you mentioned your dad got you on board with a dietitian. Um, yeah. How did that come about? Like, and how did you guys? Um, what was your your goal um, to take us through? What, what what a typical week looked like as well. How, how did you change your nutrition and that sort of? Well, the, the nutrition part of it came with um, just thinking about how can I. My dad was like, "Well, how can we get you maybe a little bit bigger, and but also try and get you to start to eat better and prepare." You know better as well not just have you know your cans of coke after a footy yep. uh, a footy game or a hot dog um but just trying to get you into that you know that mode of okay let's try and prepare you well and you know if you do these things if you tick them off well it gives you an, you know an, an advantage or it can give you a little bit more than you know the next person yep. um there was a lady by the name of simone and she used to actually work oh simone uh, yep she used to work oh, wow. that's right yes um for the Bulldogs uh, and the Hawks. So um, I'm actually not too sure how my dad got in contact with her, but I think maybe one through the footy club back in Keele or or, uh, friends of friends. But, yeah, um, yeah, we formed a pretty good relationship. Seeking Simone. Yes, yes. I haven't seen her for a while. Um, But, uh, but yeah, she was really good. She helped me heaps. So we'd go maybe once every, I don't know, maybe once every few weeks to see her from memory. Um, and just see what, what I'm eating for, like for breakfast, what I'm eating for lunch and dinners and before game day, um, and, you know, after games and just trying to get little bits and pieces that can help me because obviously she had, she had really good experience in, you know, in an elite environment, whereas that whole elite, you know, um, language was uh, non-existent with me. It was just see ball, get ball, play, you know, and just eat whatever you need to eat and go have fun. So, um, yeah, but she was, uh, she was really good. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm glad I actually, uh, got a bit of a taste for it, you know, um, to see what it's, what it's like to prepare and have your goals as far as the diet side of things. Yeah. Um, yep. And did she give you recipes? Did she teach you how to yeah, cook? Yeah, she, she gave me, uh, she gave me some, you know, recipes as far as what's, you know, with your carb loading and the protein and how you're going to get, you know, best with your training load. So that was, um, that was interesting to, to know. And. Um, because you got to remember that you just when you're 14, 15, you you know you just get to the table and the food's there. Yeah, it's not something that you you think about too much. Um, and being an Italian boy, that you know, mum you know, cooked some some good meals um, and some heavy carb ones, which uh, which I love. So um, yeah. we had to mix it up a little bit, but you know, nothing too out of the extreme. Um, yeah. it wasn't ever extreme. It was just about you know the balance and. Just getting the, the the best for me, you know, for the individual, not so much yeah. what works for someone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was she was really handy with that, which was yeah. um, which was and really you good. Noticed, you noticed the benefit. You mentioned you wanted to put on a bit of lean muscle and your recovery and and helping you handle training loads. Did you notice those benefits? Yeah, I think yeah, only because you you trying to you trying to do more. So you, you obviously you're training more and um, you're pushing, you know, more. So there's yeah. when you're doing more, you have to replace it. So um yeah there was some nice you know um additives with um certain types of foods um but the the, the main big one was just trying to get all you know the 
the Gatorades at such a young age and trying to put those electrolytes back in your system. Um, and that was probably the first thing that I learned with, you know, trying to get hydrated because even basics of just trying to get hydrated. Um, you know, I just used to rock up and, and play. So yeah. just getting little really basics, getting the basics right was, you know, probably the start of the, the journey. Yeah. Yeah, a great place to start, especially at that age. And did your mates start to follow once they started to see you getting those results and those things? Um, I think so. Um, I'm going back a while now. I didn't really look out. There was still a few party pies and hot dogs getting around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there probably would have been some um, some mates in that at the footy club that were probably trying to, you know, do the same thing. Um, and likewise with me, if I would see one of the senior guys do something, you know, um, yep. We used to watch a lot of the, the senior killer footy side on the Saturdays and Sundays. So, you know, um, you see someone older and you want to be them. So you sort of do the same shit that they do. And so I used definitely used to see a lot of the senior guys come in with, you know, Gatorades and waters and um, hydrolytes and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's almost uh, you're, you're trying to be them at, yep. you know, before you get to that age where it's too late. Yep. So, yeah. So... Yeah, you yeah. see your drive coming through on, on how committed you were spending uh, seven days a week on your craft, uh, whether you're watching or, or playing in the backyard like you mentioned with your brother. Would you, like, how would you, how would you absorb the information with, when you have a session with Simone and, you, and you're watching things? Is it just imagine you'd visualise <laughs> actioning it or you've got a journal or you're talking to your dad about? Yeah. Like, dad would be in the meetings, so he'd be in the meetings with me yeah. um, or sessions. Um, but, yeah, but Simone would just print out and even write, like, just real basic stuff on a sheet of paper just with some additives of, you know, meals with photos and um, let's go through, you know, day-to-day what you eat. Okay, well, probably don't have these, you know, for breakfast, just toast on a training day. Maybe have toast with eggs or have mm-hmm. some uh, vitamins. Uh, it's going to give you a little bit of extra um, carbs. So yep. um, just little finer details like that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a, a huge change, but... It was more just about implementing the the right meals on the days that you need to train. Um, yep. Yeah. So it was not like now where it's train they train in the morning. Um, you know, obviously when you're younger you train in the afternoons because you're going to school. Yep. But when you get to the seniors, you usually train. Um, you know, in the mornings. So that was a bit of a, a step up when getting to the lines. You used to train. Um, they changed it. So when I got there, they were still training in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and having in the heat and, and I reckon by sort of third or fourth year, probably a little bit later, they started to bring it in in the morning. So do all your, your big sessions in the mornings and then, you know, you can recover. So the quicker you recover, the quicker you can go again. Um, yep. So and they do it again in the heat for conditioning purposes? Like a bit of both, yeah. Um, yep. And even at, even at the sun, so it was uh, some really hot, humid, stinking days and they were some really hard sessions as you know every pre-season um is in in uh, up north yeah yeah they're uh yeah they're they're pretty hard they're pretty tough um but yeah i suppose it's you know getting do the work and then you you, then you can recover and then you can do the same you know two days later um, as opposed to waiting at night whereas um yeah it would have been actually not too bad doing it at night but yeah the 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 sun definitely uh it, it definitely bites you yeah, and yeah, so seventeen year old moving up up north. How did you find that transition into into full time footy? It was I was still learning about myself. You know, when you're seventeen, you, you don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, mate. Yeah. Um, 
I could barely cook, you know, literally cook toast. Um, but the, the beauty about that is that I had to grow up really, really quick. So you're 17, you're going to do this in a um, – going up north, going to a city, didn't have a license. So um, I had to do all that sort of stuff, you know. As silly as it sounds, you know, booking your own driver's test and um, going out and, and buying your own clothes and shopping and preparing, I suppose, which is, which is good um, because, you know, if you didn't do that, you'd just have mum or dad to, you know, do all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely grew up quicker. Last year. What was that, a breakup? Yeah, to grow up, grow up yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you have to yep. grow up quick, grow up fast. Um, but, you know, that was good. Um, you had to because if you didn't, well, you get left behind. So it was, um, it, it was a really good stepping stone anyway because uh, I got to learn, you know, a bit of a, a different city um, and obviously walking into, at the time, the, the lines in 2004 or at the end of 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, 2004, uh, obviously going into another you know, premiership. So there was some, obviously some some huge uh, names that were that were walking around, and can remember walking in, in and when you walk through the Gabba, you got to enter, um, you go down the race, you go down the stairs, and everything's underground. Um, and walking past when I first got there was, I think it was you know Vossi or Blackie or Lappin. So it didn't matter who was there; it's all these big names, and you got this. Uh, 71 kilo dripping wet um, skunk that's just rocked up um, from Melbourne. And um, so, yeah, it was just, I was in awe of just, you know, all these uh, footy players. And, um, you yeah, know, one, two weeks before that, I'm watching footy. And then, you know, you fast forward it and I'm, you know, underground with um, probably what would be the best, you know, the modern era, the, yeah. the best footy club um, going for their fourth premiership. So, yeah. I was clearly in the best football club to get development and learn off the best. Yep. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky to to get into that because there was so many good players and and some good, uh, some really good people as well that yeah. helped you along the way to to get your, you know, starting. Yep. And and clearly your your upbringing and your environment, the way you went about it, um, worked. Like you said, you created your own luck, and you're now in the in the best club in, in the land uh, and arguably the most successful team mm-hmm. of the modern um, or of the game in general. Um, but you, if you're looking back now, would there be anything that you wish you had in terms of development, whether it be footy clubs or, or Western Jets and things that weren't there that, that you wish they would now that you're seeing what the system is and what, what to prepare for? Is there anything that you would tell yourself to do differently? Um, I don't think there'd be anything, anything more different. Um, I think at the time... It was all, there was, you know, you could see that the development as far as extra development was needed, um, especially when you get to, you know, TAC Cup. Um, what I would have liked some more um, support, you know, in, uh, in that TAC Cup level. Absolutely, yeah. But mm. at the time, you don't really, I don't think, well, in me anyway, I didn't really think about the support that I needed because I was there because I wanted to be there and I was lucky. Um, mm. And I earned it, but I had a little bit of luck. Um, and... I must have been doing something right. So you continue to do that, you get rewarded. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't really see it as I needed anything more because um, I had a really good um, – I had a good good dad with that knew about football, um, grew up with footy, but also was um, that was a good coach as far as coaching me. So, um, you know, whenever I'd play footy uh, at a game and I thought I had a blinder, He'd get me in the car and tell me to pull my head in. Um, 
And, you know, vice versa, if I didn't have a good game and I said, oh, I played shit today or I didn't play that well, he said, no, you actually did something really well. I remember at the third quarter, do you remember when you did this? I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So he was a really good balance to have. Yeah, level-headed. Um, so he, uh, he was really good in that space. But now it's, now it's completely different. You know, there's, there's, there's so many um, roles in football now that it's, it's probably a bit of a joke, really. There's, there's probably too much. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, they're all in there for the right reasons and you just hope that all those roles get filled and, you know, that's the, the most important part is just helping the guys, especially when they come through, is trying to get them to, you know, have a sense of belonging straight away because I found it really, really tough when you get to a club that you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm now part of this. I have yeah. to, you know, perform. And um, if I don't perform, well, does that make me a failure or is it, you know, what? So you need a bit of support there. So that I suppose when you get to the big league, it's definitely uh, needed. Um, and just for the confidence and all, because if you're not really confident, I was confident in footy, but as far as, you know, when you're getting um, some feedback, uh, especially when you're younger, they're trying to you know take that in a positive way. It can be pretty hard and pretty tough, especially when you're away from all your family. Um, yep. So there's definitely some home really. So it was some days I was really homesick, but the one thing that I kept thinking about was this is an opportunity. Don't waste it. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I used to think about all the other guys that you know probably were probably better than me, but just didn't get picked up because um, that's you know that's definitely a possibility. So I always used to think, well, yeah. Um, all the days that I was down or if I was missing stuff, uh, parties or missing you know, events back at home, I always used to think about, well, you know, I'm here because this is my journey. This is what I wanted. So, you know, feel free if you don't want to be a part of it, you, you know what you need to do. You can go back to Melbourne or you can um, take the opportunity and don't waste it. Yeah. So, and who, you, you've mentioned your father. Who, who else was a, a strong supporter or mentors to help you along your junior days? I used to – my dad was probably the biggest one. Yeah, um, but I used to have just you know the coaches as well from from footy that I really looked up to um, in kilo days, and I don't know, it was it just felt really good to hear you know that you played well or you know you need to work on this, you know, and all the coaches were pretty good right from you know tens to fourteens, sixteens. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time when you're young, you don't really understand, but you know as you get older and you have kids, you, these the coaches that you know um, are giving their time, um, yeah. to, you know, to to better you. So um and it's uh it, it's it's such a uh i think you've got to be a special type of person to to be you know a, you know, part of a footy club and footy coach as far as you know um local level as well because there's a yep. lot of time that you've got to put into it yeah um so yeah definitely the, the coaches back in the day yeah it was um and i used to love hanging around the coaches and um you know even um just running into people from the footy club and just having chats to him about footy and um, so it was just, I suppose it was a mixture. Yeah. But, you know, but solely dad was the one that, you know, helped me with with a lot of things and even just watching, you know, even watching the footy with him was great. So, um, and I, I think he was a pretty good player and, I, and because he's an Italian boy, I think Nonna, you know, his mum wasn't, um, wasn't happy with him playing footy. So, um, yeah. I think he might have even had a chance to, to even train with an AFL club, I don't quote me on it, but um, I don't think at the time that uh, his mum was uh, was happy because it was a bit too rough. <laughs> yeah. So um, good old mama's boy. Yeah. You were, um, you were the one to fly the flag for the family. You know, I was a guinea pig, <laughs> so I did it proud. <laughs> and you, you mentioned like when you're getting in into that AFL system, how it was quite overwhelming and, and there's, there's a fair bit of pressure involved. What life skills did you learn during those challenges that helped you 
uh, eventually make your way into the team and, and a senior player. Yeah, it's, I was never, ever fit. I never really super fit in my footy. I was just um, really good at my skills. Um, I read the ball pretty well, good tackler. Um, but as far as, you know, being able to push yourself um, and the whole meaning of um, gut running um, was foreign to me. Didn't. So, I, yeah, from that point onwards, I've seen guys run and um, and when they're tired, being able to push, that was an eye-opener for me. And I was so far off it, you know, even the 3K time trials at the time, they used to do 3K time trials. But, yeah, I was getting some terrible times. But I felt like I was giving everything and I was, but yeah. I just, you know, I just wasn't ready. Um, and there was other guys that got drafted that were a little bit more developed and, um, and they were running pretty good. So there was a lot of setbacks, um, not because of injuries or any like form, but it was just purely about getting my body and understanding, you know, what it actually takes to, to perform and not just perform on, you know, uh, a few days here and a few days there. It's, it's every day. And that's, yeah. that's another part of it. That's another added layer that you got to yeah. get used to about, you know, when you come in, it's, it's not because when you feel like it or, um, or even when you're sore because, you know, boys play when they're sore. There's no, no, no player at the moment that's playing, you know, um, Bruce yeah, Free. Right. Or, so yeah. they're all, everyone's injured. Everyone's carrying something. It's just a matter of how do you deal with it um, and how do you prepare to um, not get too stressed out about, you know, what's going on with you personally because that's another thing too. You, if you worry about too much your own self about how you're going, then it's, it's sort of added pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn a lot about you taking the feedback as well and how to deliver it, um, how to give feedback um, because as you can tell, if you're 18 and I'm trying to tell Simon Black, mate, you missed, you missed the handball back then. <laughs> can you get him up? Um, it's probably not going to sit well. Um, so you're having done an apprenticeship, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but nowadays they're pretty good, and I feel like you know you, you you don't have to have you know the credentials to to say what you believe, and so everyone's you know buys into it. And, and I suppose if you've got something to say, um, you know you just need to say it. Um, and guys are pretty good about you know they they take it on board, and um, but at the time, oh, there was no chance that I was saying anything. It was just where do you need me? What do you need me to do? How quick do I need to run? Um, I didn't know anything, go speak to the senior guys. Um, so it was definitely, yeah, uh, they're all sort of my teachers in a sense. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot to learn, like a lot to learn. And a few times where, um, you know, I thought I was going okay with, you know, leading up to the preseason, then, you, you know, something would happen, whether you get your rolling ankle or you, um, you do a hip flexor. Or, um, so, there's, so there's that as well where you, you get injured in preseason. Now, how do I know my body's going to, um, not do that again. Uh, how do I push it without uh, doing Breaking the same, it, yeah. doing yeah. the same injury again? So after a while, I would say after about three or four years, I knew my body pretty well and then could know how far to push it and um, and what to look out for. So that's probably the big one is you know doing enough to mm-hmm. get the most out of your sessions, but also without you know getting you yeah. injured you know for the for the next few weeks because every session counts and it's Really cliche with people say, you know, even from what week to week, but it's when you're in preseason, it's, you know, you want to be able to, you know, have all your sessions. You want to be able to build them up and you want to be able to, you know, credit, you want to credit them up because you miss two or three weeks. It's, you know, it's, it's a huge chunk, especially when you're young. Um, so that the, the most you can do and the more times you can do it, the, the, the better your season's going to be. 
Um, and for a period of time there, there was probably, I reckon, I reckon probably three, four years where I, I reckon I didn't really miss, you know, much of a preseason at all. And, um, and it, it leads to having, you know, a good few years in the season to get through. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's so much to learn. Um, but because I was in a really good, uh, really good position with as far as, you know, footy club and, and, and the, and the boys that were pretty much in the last, you know, five, six years in finals. Yeah. So it was, I was pretty, pretty happy about that. So yeah, you, you definitely ask them questions and you, you know, you, you take it on board and, um, which was, uh, which was really, really helpful in the end. I can imagine, like the environment, like you said, was was so conducive to just trusting that if I stick at this through, this is such a good opportunity. Um, but there must have been times where you're like, oh, am I going to get an opportunity? Where's my debut going to come? Sort of thing. How, how did you get that balance right, where you keep yourself in the moment and just focus on getting better um, and not think too far ahead about? Yeah, there was definitely times that I'd ask, well. Surely I'm sure I can have a go or give me a chance to see how I am. But you got to remember that, yeah, you know, you're, you're 20, 19, 20, it's, you're still young. And, and you got to trust the process and trust, you know, who's uh, running the ship. And at the time, uh, Lee Matthews obviously was the coach. Um, and you have, your, you know, your strength and conditioning and then you have your high performance. So um, they know, you know, best more than anyone, you know, when you're right and when you're ready to go. And, and, it, it was hard because at the time you think you're ready because you've done everything, you listen to your coaches, I'm ready, I'm ready. But, um, but you're better off, you know, waiting a little bit longer than you have to than rushing it um, because you want to be able to just get a taste of it and you want to, you want to be able to get a few kicks and, and try and, um, you know, for your own self, for your own belief, think, oh, yeah, I can actually play the game. Yeah. Um, so, there yeah. is a risk to get exposed a bit too early. Yeah, there is, there is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's there's probably in saying that there's probably no real you know good time to to get you out there because you can do as much training as you want. You know, you can do all the training you want, but it's when you get onto the the pitch and when you get onto the ground, it's completely yeah. different. Um, you know, you got to worry about the crowd and you got to worry about you know all the the lights and uh, the there's just so much extra um, that you need to try and block out. And worry about, and still focus on what you've got to do. Um, yeah. So the first few games were, yeah, awesome. It was just I was, you know, shit myself, but also excited because yeah. it's you know you're, you're playing in front of forty, fifty thousand. Um, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. But after it's a while, you, family as well, I imagine. Yeah, it is. It's huge, um, and it's probably just a, uh, it's probably a thank you, I suppose. You know, for all the times that they're driving me to training and after work and you know on game days and so there's there's a lot that you know is, that leads up to that and um yep. if it's you know i suppose they would have uh, loved the you know the first game of you know arriving and, and watching their son play so yep. it would have been um yeah, it would have been a bit of a fairy tale for them i suppose yeah absolutely and and what about um once you you started to cement yourself in in the side at brisbane and, and then later on you, you played at gold coast as well um, what what would be a typical week for you? Like, what would your what would your focus be earlier in the week? And I know it would be recovery, but what was yeah. your fav- favorite form of recovery, mental and physical? And then, how with your main session of the week, how would you go about that? And then, um, you know, lead into like the day before a game as well. So, like, sort of like your, a brief synopsis on your weekly preparation for a game. 
Yeah, so if, let's say you play Saturday. Yeah, as you mentioned, the recovery is huge. Everyone talks about it. Um, it's just getting more and more and more. So um, I started with, you know, there was ice baths at the time, yeah. um, but nothing to what it's like now. Um, so we always made sure that we ice up or do ice baths. Um, so yeah, I, I loved I loved doing an ice bath just to try and get that extra advantage. Um, you know, as sore as you were and as cold as it is, and, and if you played really poor, and if your team lost, it's, it's no easy. But um, I felt like that was a really good starting point to go, okay, get this, just get it done because you know you need to get it done. And that would be a clear mindset, okay, okay the game's done, you know, tomorrow's Sunday, have your rest day, do your recovery. And then Monday, Monday at the time would have been just a quick little flush, some massage. And then from now, when I, probably now is the time where, you know, the, the review meetings get done. So you call it Monday, get a review meeting. Um, a lot of nervous energy, depending on how you went and how the team went. Um, anxiety would start to creep in, but um, try and just take it, take it for what it is and, you know, try and learn it and get the best out of um, the situation. So. Always going with a positive mind, saying, what could I do better? How could yep. I get better? Um, what do I need to work on? And then um, there'd obviously be with some, some gym um, throughout the day and a flush uh, mm-hmm. with some physio. Tuesdays would be a bit of a half a day. There might be some extra touch that you need to do. Um, once again, if you need some physio, possibly some meetings. Um, and the Wednesdays would be a main session depending on you know, how clubs run it these days. But Wednesdays was a main session, so that was a big day. Try and get yourself up for that. And my main focus was we get through all the session and always after um, doing a session would be extras. So mm-hmm. I learned uh, from an early age and a lot of people do it, but uh, just trying to get those, those real good habits of doesn't matter how tired you are after a session because as the weeks go on, uh, the sessions get tougher because it's, you know, you're starting to get to that um, – point where it's you know around 16 17 becomes a bit of a grind yeah so you know if you do the do the habits early when you're round two round three then you've got something to hold you to stead to 17 18 9 it becomes really really hard really really tough always do extras you know didn't have to be for too long but making sure that you're consistent with what you need to work on is that like Um, craft extras like yeah so that would be um craft extras so obviously on the on the ground get someone that you needed to work with and um, what you thought that uh, you need to be better at because of the game that previously went on, whether that was your um, touch work, if you're fumbly, mm. or whether your tackling was off or whether your kicking was off. But definitely um, I used to always try and get a bit more of a blowout as far as getting touch um, and feeling like I could get that little bit extra than what that next player was going to get, you know, you know, funding up the next week. And then you lead on to Thursdays would be another meeting um, with some gym and massage and physios and Pilates. And the Pilates started to come about in 2004, I reckon, 2005. Yep. Yep. And then um, Friday would be sort of your play around preparation. So you'd have a little, you know, session in the morning um, and have your final meeting just before. And that'd be low intensity. Yeah, so that would be pretty low intensity just to get your body right, have a few... Yep. Few little drills, um, eye coordination, get a bit of yep. touch, feel good for you know the next day, yep. um, and have a and so Friday would be the main meeting leading yep. into you know the the game on on Saturday night, um, which was uh, which was always good because then you sort of knew you know where exactly you'll be playing, um, 
And that was obviously that it's a good sign because you're playing. And throughout the week, if I step back a couple of days, it's probably around the, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday of that year that you probably find out that you're going to be playing or you get that tap on the shoulder. It could be later, mm-hmm. um, but everyone, everyone does it differently. But um, yeah, I used to always, you know, I never, I never thought that I was a, a, a given. Like I never thought ever that I was going to be playing, even though if I was playing really, really oh, well. And yeah, I knew, right. and I knew that I was playing pretty well. I, I always used to think, well, I always used to think, well, I could have played better, or I was happy with the game, but there was a couple of little fumbles there where I probably shouldn't have fumbled. So okay, I need to, I need to work on my fumbles or work on my hands and and get that that part of my craft right because I feel like if you think you're in a good spot and you get really complacent and you get really comfortable, that's where you can get bit in the ass a bit. Because you stop doing those and everyone, you know, that's in an elite environment, they always talk about, you know, the really basics, mm. the basics of everything. Um, and as soon as you lose that, it's, it's amazing that you think, why am I playing poor? What happened? Well, if, if you take a few steps back, yeah. um, were you doing your extra touch or were you doing like extra recovery or, you know, were you doing all your gym? You know, were you like, were you cutting corners in gym or were you doing, instead of doing three or four sets where you're doing two or three, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's no coincidence with when you, when you play well that there's a reason why you're playing well and you can't really get to where you need to get to. Um, it's, there's usually a bit of a link. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I always thought that that was the case and I suppose that it leads you in good stead with trying to be better than what you are because you probably never be the best but – if you can have something that holds your account and like your coaches do and like your teammates do, but I always used to think, well, shit, maybe I wasn't that good that, that week. So you're um, always trying to work on your game, continually well, get better. Yeah. I, th- I feel like that's probably – and that's probably a little bit more added pressure yep. that, you, that you donate or that you feel um, But because there's always pressure. There is yep. always pressure. Um, I know a lot of the footy, when they come to a club, they joke around that, but deep down, don't worry, they're, 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 under, they're under pressure. And they're feeling the pump, and they're feeling the pressure, and they're feeling the anxiety. But there's, um, you know, they're in a good environment to be under that duress and that stress because there's, you know, there's a bit of support there that can get them through. And um, there's guys that have been there in the same position, you know, and they're older, so they can sort of guide them and explain to them, "Well, you're feeling like this because," or "Try this. This sort of helped for me." Yeah. Um, so I used to lean on that, you know, a little bit. And it's all obviously now there's there's psychologists now and um, which is great and it's it's going in a different direction. Um, it's not just about, you know, um, if you're feeling out of the ordinary but it's more about, you know, that sort of elite, how do you get to be elite in those pressure environments and that's where it's all going now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you mentioned your week and, and your focuses and, and how you wanted to put in extra to feel like you're getting an edge on your competition who you're going to play against. Um, if something... Like let's say from a recovery point of view, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're still not feeling where you want to feel at that point of the week. Would you? Is it? Would you do things differently, or would you just trust? Oh, I'll get a good night's sleep tonight, and I'll be where I need to be tomorrow. Or would you do an extra recovery session or an extra treatment? Like, would you sort of have to add stuff to the schedule, or would you normally just sort of trust? This is my week. This is my schedule. I know if I do it, I'll be fine. Game day. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, the more I got used to my body, the better I was able to make a judgment on my own body, yeah. and, but also run it by the physios. So if you're feeling a little bit under the weather or you're feeling not great as far as your body, you're feeling a little bit tight, well, um, I got to a stage where I, I knew that I was 
that I could really push my body with the drills um, that were, you know, mentioned prior to training. So it's a little bit of both depending on where you're at. But I always used to try and push it um, just to try and not miss sessions. And if that meant, you know, pulling up a little bit sore, training, you still had a few days to recover. So, um, but you know, no question if I didn't feel like I was comfortable, I just, you know, you build up that relationship with the physios and um, to think, well, listen, I'm, I'm a little bit tight. They just pull you out of one drill that, that you might, if you've got a tight back, you do a drill, for instance, that involves a lot of bending over and picking up the ball. Um, well, I just count that one and you just go to another drill. So they sort of yeah. look up for you and they sort of, you know, put you in good stead. Um, but I feel like that you should be able to learn that off your own back as well with your body and what you can do and try and push. And sometimes not speaking to physios is probably a good thing because you can test yourself and see what you're like because, you know, physios aren't going to be there all the time. What if it's, you know, you're away or doing training by yourself? You've got to be able to learn to cope with your own um, mechanisms as far as how hard you push your body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good um, message. You can't rely on it. You, you've got them for support and to to get some feedback and um, bounce ideas off people. But ultimately, it's your body, and only you know how you're feeling. So it's a good message for, for young kids to recognise that it, at the end of the day, it's your call, isn't it? On well, it is, right. and you, you get used to you know terminologies, you know, with you know, oh, is it a grade one, grade two, with you know, shoulders or. Um, How's your glutes? Are they tight? Or so all these things that when you're starting out, you don't quite understand what they're talking about. But um, you know, after a while, you get used to it because you walk into a physio room and there's guys, especially on a Monday morning, that are you know that have been through the wars. So um, yeah. there's a lot of language that gets spoken about. So you sort of pick it up pretty quick, um, yeah. which is uh, you know which is a good learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a quick little drink break, guys. This is a little information about our academy. And then one of our Academy members, Troy Jones, uh, is jumping on to ask a couple of questions, Michael, and, and then we'll wrap up and, and talk about player path as well. Great. Hey, guys. Paul Curtis here from the Western Jets Football Club. And um, this year I was fortunate enough to get help from uh, Prepare Like a Pro, um, helping me prepare uh, for the draft combine. Um, my normal week would consist of, or seeing as uh, I was trying to improve my 2K, would consist of um, endurance days, um, I have a feel-good day where uh, I try and work on my running technique and just feel comfortable in running. Um, have my speed days. Um, I have some injury prevention exercises, um, lower body sessions and upper body sessions. Um, what I enjoyed most about the program um, was how Jack was quite invested in me, um, always checking up on me, giving me feedback. Um, we looked at my diet, um, so the stuff off the field. So hydration, sleep, uh, motivation levels and all that. So, yeah, highly recommend and, yeah, I um, enjoyed the uh, journey. Welcome back, guys. Well, bear with me. I'll just grab Troy to jump on and join us now. Welcome, Troy. I'll give you the hey, name for you mate. There you go. How you going, mate? How you going, Awesome, good. How are you? Hey, Michael. Um, just had How you going, bud? Questions. I'm really good. Thank you. Yeah. How are you? Good, man. Going well. Um, yeah, three quick ones. Yeah. Just firstly, I find it so awesome at a young age that dad got you involved with strength coaches, dietitians, and people like that can really help, um, especially younger people aspiring yeah. to um, you know, play professionally, whether it's AFL or other sports. Um, how beneficial do you think that was for you essentially starting your career and you know, that next step towards getting drafted? And is it something you'd recommend for a lot of 
sort of younger athletes? I feel like it's it definitely helped me. Um, I I wasn't, um, it, and I suppose the big message would be that it wasn't, um, you know, forced. That's probably the big message here that it wasn't forced. Like it was, it was mentioned. Would you like, you know, to maybe see a dietitian or um, that can maybe help? I was absolutely, yep. Um, I I feel like it can get a little bit carried away when um, you know parents are doing all this, you know, extra coaching and extra, you know, strength stuff and extra this and that for their kids. When um, you have to remember that is it are the kids enjoying it? There's no point, you know, having all these gizmos and gadgets and um, having the best teachers in sport of coaching and that if they're not enjoying it, it becomes a waste of time. But um, for me personally, I thought it was great um, just to, because I, it's in an untouched, um, I was unfamiliar territory as far as, well, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm going to be able to, you know, develop quicker or does this mean I'm going to be able to be healthier on the park? And um, so all these little things that was a little bit foreign to me but might have got an advantage to. I was, yeah, more than keen to pursue it and see what, what it could do for me. So, so yeah, if it's if it's something that's going to benefit you know, the player um, and a bit more extra support, absolutely go for it. But if it's going to be something that's going to be forced upon, it's, you know, it's obviously not going to work. So that's probably the big message there. But it helped me. I, I feel like it did help me because it was – something I never was used to, you know. I just used to eat what I used to eat and that was it. But trying to prepare as best that you could, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it awesome. was great. But like anything, I guess, like the more that the individual buys into it, it's keen to do it, the, the yeah. more you get out. Yep, absolutely, um, yep. Yeah, second one, um, one thing I find really interesting, you always hear about like, you know, um, footy clubs are running gym programs and training sessions and how they do recovery and did you notice any really big differences between the Suns and Lions? Like did they have more of a focus on strength and conditioning or one had more of a focus on skills? Did they do recovery stuff quite similar or were they, yeah, pretty different? Yeah, there was a little bit. Obviously, we, uh, when I got to the Lions at the time, you have to remember that these guys were they're not like the uh, athletes they are today. So if you wind a clock, you know, 17, 18 years ago, um, 20 years ago that they were a bit more – um, they're a bit more bigger, um, but they weren't as athletic as they were today. So the focus, especially in the gym, would be you know a lot more bench and a lot more uh, uh, you know chin ups and upper body stuff. Um, there was a lot of legs as well um, in the gym, and recovery wise, very similar. Um, and the, the training, the training loads were different as far as um, they were more you know grinding, so they were long. Um, and just long pretty much so so for example like i remember the lines it used to be go for like whether you were ruckman or whether you were forward pocket you'd all go for a 50 minute run so that's you know over the years that's completely changed so you know you would never see now again a ruckman doing you know a 50 minute run with a forward pocket because um completely different uh positions and it's all about individual now so that's where that, that whole elite is um, taken off really in that sort of, you know, the AFL space where – and probably, quite frankly, probably for the majority of a lot of other elite sporting organisations where it's all individual now, um, whether you're in a team or not, but it's how to best get you prepared, um, you know, for, for, the, um, for the year really. But there's, there's, it's, it's quite different. Um, but back in the day, it's, it, it worked for the Lions um, because they were – Quite, some quite really big guys and, you know, Mal Michael and Brownie and Lynchy and 
um, Le- Lepich and um, Pikey and Brad Scott, Chris Scott, all these guys that you know were pretty solid guys, and now it's completely changed now. So a lot of guys are you can't run, you can't play now, pretty much. Yeah, no, they um they seem like a pretty dominant as well. Your very first game was a like a hundred and forty yeah, point win, rack two, which was which was cool. But yeah, no, it's um oh, it's yes. cool hearing about multiple lines. Yeah, that was an easy game. That one, wasn't it? First game. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, how easy was this? <laughs> not a bad Took me day. a few years to get. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Figure out that's not the norm. Whatever, whatever. But nah, yeah, I found it, I found that out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just, I know you mentioned. Um. You know, working on your weaknesses and spending time after training to to really develop your craft. And I know one thing for me personally is, um, I can fumble the ball and tend to struggle with with ground balls and you know hitting at pace. Um, would you recommend for someone like me that's struggling, is it just a matter of just getting heaps of ground balls after practice? Is there different drills and um, things you can do to improve on it or is it just a matter of repetition? Well, it's like anything. It's 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 how do you get better at something? It's not something that is just going to come to you. So um, the, the really, really good players and elite players, whether they, they play good one week or bad the next, if they've been doing something that's, you know, for example, if they've been doing extra touch, as I said, if they've been doing something like that, whether they play good or bad, they'll keep doing it. Um, I suppose that the, the, the time when it gets, well, it's not working for me, I keep doing it, but it's not working. Like, why isn't it working? Well, it's not working because it's, it's, you're not ready or it's not happening, but it'll come when all that extra time that you've put in and it might come in three months' time. Uh, it might come in a year's time where you, you, it's that, you know, you've been working on it and then, the ball bounces completely somewhere else, but because of all that extra touch that you did, you're probably going to be the first one then to get that ball as opposed to other opposition players thought it was going to go the other way. Um, so I suppose without making it too difficult to, to answer, I su- it, it's more about repetition as, as you've just touched on. And um, The more that you do something, the, the better it's going to be. Did I lose you? I must have lost oh, you. Sorry, internet played up. No, you the whole time. But, oh, you yeah, can hear me? Yeah, oh, right. good. Um, yeah, yes. No, that was um, that was perfect. No, that's because it's quite easy. It's quite easy to, I wouldn't say easy, but it's it can be quite um, humiliating, you know, to yourself to think, well, I've just been spending so much time, um, and I feel like I'm not quite good at it, or um, how do I do it? Well, the easy thing would be to do is oh, not do it. Um, so the more times you do it, it's like that ten thousand hours of doing something repetitive, you know. Yeah. It's and things just. Things just take time. It's not something that you can just pick it up and whip it and go. Um, a lot of the really, really good players, elite players, they didn't just wake up one morning and go, oh, "I want to, you know, be the best players." It's it takes years and and years and and that's why they're good because they've worked on their craft for so long um, that it, they make it look easy, like like Gary Ablett or Simon Black. Um, for whatever reason, they just make it look easy, but it's not. Just the amount of work, you know, it's, it's just when I was even with the Lions when Simon Black was, I was really, really exhausted after the training quite vividly just when I was younger. But he'd say, come do extras. And, then, you know, I didn't know how he was functioning after doing a massive session, but still doing the extras. And that was the reason why he was such a really consistent player. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's incredible. It's super helpful. I know, yeah, it can get frustrating. You know, when you're, oh, yeah. you're spending time working on something and seeing it straight away, but now it's um yeah like that and yeah hearing how the pros go about it. So thank you so much for for your time and no answering. Worries. No worries, mate. You'll be a gun. Well, You'll be a gun soon. Soon enough. Don't worry. Just keep doing it. Awesome. Awesome, Thanks, Troy. Mate. Great questions, mate. Thanks for jumping on again.
Cheers. I'll speak to you soon, Troy. Catch you, mate. Catch See you, John. Thanks, See you, buddy. See ya. Thank you. All right, Michael, we're up to the last part. This is, this is a lighter section of the of the podcast. Uh, have a bit of fun with it. It's basically a get-to-know-you segment, and it's mm. not that full-related. It's, um, yeah, some easier questions. So which movie or TV series has impacted you the most and why? Which TV? Yeah. Series or movie? Yeah, it could be, you know, anything. Do you know what you know what I love? And I yeah. my my wife hates this, but I love old school like eighties movies. So like Blood Sport yeah. to me was like the ultimate Blood Van, Sport. Bit of Van Van Dam, put that in. That's one of the absolute classics. Or um even even um Kickboxer. Yeah. I used to think that they were like all those old action movies, they were great time to be a great time to be alive. Um, yeah. and I can just remember watching them on VCR back in the day, like constantly without you know without even taking a day off really especially on the school holidays would just be watching them um are you getting so, access to those these days is that, is that a youtube sort of setup oh uh, yeah yeah you just <laughs> i just sometimes just just put it in and see all those old clips uh, which is uh which brings back yeah some really good memories yeah love it so this would be some good notes guys for those listening in during lockdown period. Hey, prob- your, your viewers probably don't even know who that who that is or nah. or even what that movie is nah. Well, they could still get a kick out of it. Yeah, do yourself a favour and get on it. Get on it, the 80s. Yeah. Uh, favourite inspirational quote or life motto? Um, it have to be, uh, harder you work, the luckier you get. It's pretty It's pretty simple. It. Yeah, so it's, come, that's come through your, it's, your interview. Yeah. It is. It is. It's one of the, it's one of the great, I reckon. It's, yep. There's not much else to, but, to, but to just say what it is. Yep. <laughs> you know? Love it. In your work light, what makes you angry? Um, so the one thing that really annoys me is um, as much as my wife is such a good cook yeah. um, and I don't know what else to do but every time she like opens the like the olive oil because the Italian, like we love olive oil, yeah. those really, really big, big cans, like she'll take it off. Where is it? She'll, so she'll take the lid off then she'll, you know, start cooking then she'll put the lid on the olive oil but won't. Twist it. It'll so half the time, so half the time I go and put it back. And you get and a big glob. So I get this big glob of like olive oil everywhere, mate. Like I can't, I don't know what to do. I need to see someone about it. But um, I can't be too hard because she's a really good cook. So um, I think I have to, you know, find the balance there. I have to cop it. Um, but there'll, yeah, be a ro- there'll be a robot specifically for that <laughs> task at home. Every time, mate, every time. But um, oh, no, she's a, she's a good cook, really yeah. good cook. Um, love your honesty with that one. That was a good one. What, what's your favourite way to spend your day off? Uh, well, in the day it was it was good when my kids were younger. I used to just love going out and spending time with them. Now, yep. now so much. I just like to have a bit of me time. But I do like to either go for a run or go to the gym or even just go to the beach and um, go for a walk. Yeah. So that's probably yeah uh, because we're pretty lucky here. We've got you know the beach is five minutes away. Um, we're starting to get into a bit of summer uh, weather, which is nice, and it's not that hard to get up. Yeah, outdoors. Um, favorite holiday destination. So this is a COVID-free world. Favorite holiday destination. Uh, and why? Well, the best holiday uh, I would have to say would be like I've I went to Italy in two thousand and two thousand and nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. But favorite ho- holiday destination would have to be Fiji. Yeah, um, right. Love Fiji, took the family a couple of times. Just how peaceful it is. Um, we stayed on one of the islands that 
it's called Tokariki, yeah. um, just off the coast. And yeah, every time we've been there, fortunate to get there twice, but um, haven't managed to get back there. It's just uh, so my kind. Yeah, the the people there are really really nice. Um, yeah, just really relaxed and laid back, and everyone's there to have obviously a, a nice relaxing time, and it's not too busy. Yeah, the um, right. yeah, it is. There's no time in Fiji, and that's what I liked. And um, my kind of holidays going somewhere, not doing anything. Yeah, no structure, so, no structure. Schedule free. Just, yep, schedule free. That's the one. Go to the flow. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, we're at the end of the podcast now. What what are you excited about for 2021? And and tell us a, a bit about player path as well. Yeah, I touched on it. It's just something exciting to you know. Hopefully, that'll help many athletes. You know, with their transitioning. Um, and the more info that we can get and help them with their next phase, it'll um, hopefully um, give them a sense of um, relief, I suppose, when that next stage of their their transition happens. Because um, yeah, the transitioning's pretty it's pretty uh, raw, and um, a lot of times it probably doesn't. I think it's spoken probably quite enough. Yeah, but there is definitely a lot. Um, it's a lot harder than I think a lot of athletes think um, when it when that comes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a hard one too. You wouldn't you want to prepare yourself a little bit, like have a correct. plan B, but you don't want to be plan A until it is. I imagine. Well, you don't that's spend too the, much energy thinking about it because then you manifest. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. You don't. You want to put all your energy into something that you know you're good at, and you want to make the most of it. But yeah. at the same time, it's you're not going to play forever. So there's, I think once, you know, in my experience, you've got to try and find something that, um, you know, you might not find something straight away, you know, when you finish because, you know, I just left school pretty much. Yep. So I had no, um, but it's important to try and find something that is going to, um, you know, keep you in good stead for, you need a bit of enjoyment, but you also need to have, think, you know, for the future as well. Yeah, um, and you mentioned off air, it's not just AFL footballers, it's athletes in general helping them transition from professional yeah. life. Yep. To, yep. So work. So yeah, we're we're hoping for some big things in the next, you know, hopefully next, you know, few months, six months. Um, but it's good. It's just something to, to work on. And, you know, if we can help as many as we can, that's that's our that's our goal. Yep. And if an athlete's listening, and, uh, they want to get in touch with you. What's the what's the best way? Yeah, they can just uh, jump onto playpath.com. Yeah. Um, P L A R. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll in the show notes. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's it's something that. I've uh, been pretty passionate about with another mate of mine and uh, yeah, like it's, uh, we live in a world where through this, you know, through social media and where it's, it's you know, a really good platform to, to use and work off. So um, yeah, we're, we're hoping that it'll, it'll do well. Yeah, no doubt it will, mate. Um, the yeah, people are lucky to have someone like yourself that's been through it, uh, had a long career and, and now doing great things after your career as well and transitioning well. So um yeah for those that are listening that know maybe we do tend to have younger athletes that are wanting to get into football but if they know someone maybe an older brother or sister whatever it might be um hit up player path and yeah we'll put the website link in our uh show notes thanks so much for your time mate really appreciate you jumping no worries sharing your story um yeah, it, was, it was um there was some yeah, a few surprises early days, and like I've never heard anything like that in terms of the draft night. Your dad running into the room. That was that was oh, a good highlight, and then yeah. like you mentioned, the, the great things that you did throughout your career and, and the ups and downs as well. I appreciate you sharing the the challenges as well because it's not all like you said, red roses for an AFL player. There's a lot of um, things that you have to learn pretty quick, 
particularly if you're someone that is drafted before you're even able to have your license, you're gonna you're gonna grow up really quick, like you mentioned, and um, and yeah, how important it is to love the game and put the work in early from a young age. Like for you, it was 14, so. Yeah, you do. No, it is. It's, it's well summed up. It's everyone's got their own journey. Everyone's got their own story. You know, mine, mine's just mine. Um, but everyone that gets drafted's got you know would have a similar story. Um, with you know a lot of dedication and um, yeah, it's you, you need to you need to have a little bit of luck, but that luck comes with the work that you put in. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just one of those ones that happened to get picked up, and you know, you make the most of it, I suppose. Yeah, that's it as well. Like you can have the luck and get the opportunity, but if you're not prepared to, mm. you know, do well with it, with that opportunity, then it, it goes pretty quickly. You might not get another shot, or you might, you know, so well, it can, yeah, it can. So, um, yeah, all the best to everyone that's trying to, you know, get to that um, that time in their life. And um, you know, there's a lot more downs and ups in footy, and you know, in life there is, but um, but in my situation and in my in my journey, there was definitely a lot more downs and ups. So. Yeah. And what's on uh, for the rest of year for, mate, for you, mate? What are you excited about at the moment? Uh, well, like most people, I'm hoping that this whole COVID thing can can uh, disappear because it'd be nice to come it's back up, to yeah. Melbourne and uh, and see some family and some friends. Yeah. Um, but you know that's a given, and I think everyone's hoping for that. But I mean, just you know, hopefully, um, I'm just hoping pretty much for that, mate. To yeah. be honest, the kids yeah. are kids are well. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. You know, everyone's healthy at the moment and yeah, we get to uh, get to drop the kids off at school. They're, they're at school. There's a lot of friends in uh, that from Melbourne that don't, you know, they're, they're at home and kids are really struggling. So um, they just hope we can get this this bloody thing out of the way. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully, yeah, that's all we can do is hope. And uh, Pretty much, yep. That's all we can tell. do. No worries. Well, thanks for having me, mate. No, likewise. Thanks for jumping on and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch, mate. Too easy. Good stuff. Awesome. Cheers, Michael. Right. See ya. Catch ya. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you tuned in halfway through or maybe three quarters through, make sure to watch the whole episode. This will be published on our YouTube channel. And for those that are fans of the Propeller Pro Live Chat show, our next live chat will be next Tuesday. We've got Sam Newman on the show at 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning. So I will post uh, on our Instagram and socials leading up to that one so you can have the youtube link to tune in and send in your questions to sam thanks guys if you enjoyed this episode and want even more our academy is for you the prepare like a pro academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such a q a segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level here's an example with emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the collingwood football club what are things that that fire you up Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes. And 
you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, my, my my question to you was: you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career. Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah it certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that, in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's, that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker, um. And, yeah. and, yeah, like just, yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just, yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.